The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. I got to tell you, folks, I'm pretty excited for this week because for the most part when we do this podcast, it's very much a solitary exercise. Sure, I usually have a great interviewee, but I'm interviewing them mostly in cyberspace. I don't get too many folks here in the Break the Business studio hanging out with Molly, having a good time. But this week is an exception. Joining me in the studio, one of my dear friends from the podcasting world and somebody you guys know very well, Clara Sharon is in the studio. How you doing? I'm doing really, really great. Um, Molly licked all over my leg on the way in. Well, that's how she you know, makes sure that all the visitors are okay and... No, I have she's met, very possessive. I have met the executive producer of the podcast. <laughs> I am, and I think she likes me. This is great. You're great too, Ryan. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Clara, for those of you who don't know, is a she's a music industry consultant. She's a blogger. She's a teacher. She is all the way from Ottawa, Canada, which definitely makes her the person that's traveled the furthest to be on this podcast. Um, she's, but she's, you know, she didn't come here just for us. She's here on vacation, of course, but she hosts the pop of color live show, which is a weekly music industry advice show on Facebook live. Check her out at popofcolormusic.com. And as Clara just shared with me, the original spelling of the website is pop of color with a U because of Canada, but you've also gotten the reg, you know, the pop of color in American spelling domain name for us Yanks. So it redirects to this awesome blog you have together. Is that right? Yes, I, I did because um, I didn't think this through, I'll admit it. Um, I wasn't ever expecting to be so popular in the States, but you know, so it's time to adapt. Um, my name, Clara, is Latin for bright and colorful. And when I first started the company, I was like, well, I want to showcase my personality, which I think my parents got pretty right when they named me. And so I talk about the music business in bright and colorful ways. You so certainly I'm, do. So I decided I'd just start with Pop of Color. Well, I want to talk to you, but before we get, because you have some great insight to share with us. We were talking a bit before the show about some of the things that you wanted to discuss. But before we get into that, I want to banter with you a bit about your trip, because you are vacationing in Miami from the first time. I imagine it's a very big difference between Ottawa, where you're from, and Miami. And I just want to do this real quick, because I want to see what you just left. Five feet of snow. Siri, what's the temperature in Ottawa right now? In Ottawa, Canada, it's 12 degrees. Oh, dear. That's beautiful. That's what? Wait, wait. That sounds like a night. Okay, wait, that's, that, that's, that's Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit. Oh, so what is that in Celsius? Uh, I was like, what? How did they get spring? I mean, I don't know. I'm American. We don't, don't you figure have... that out. Um, I, It's got to be like in the... I mean, well, let's see. Let's let's figure... You know what? Hang on. I am not going to... What's 12 it? degrees in Celsius? <laughs> It's minus 11.1 degrees Celsius. There you go. So that, I mean, that sounds... That's still not too, too bad. That sounds awful. It's like, it's like 75 outside right now where you are. Like, that's a huge jump. I know, I know. We have five feet of snow outside of my place. Oh, oh, oh. I'm very happy to be in Miami. (laughs) Well, I'll say this, because I've been to Ontario. uh, My wife and I went to 
Toronto. Oh, Toronto's have it easy. Oh, yeah? Why? Because it's more south, I guess? Yeah, closer to the water, less snow. Yeah, but we went in the summertime. It was absolutely gorgeous. Heaven on earth when I went there. And so, I mean, I guess in summertime, Canada could be pretty terrific. But, I mean, negative 12 or negative 11, 12, whatever, whatever measure we use, that's frigid. But it's, it's nice to have you here in sunny Miami. What have you experienced so far in the city? Um, well, I'm staying in South Beach right now. Ooh. So that, that that's lovely. So I got to see like the Art Deco stuff. And that's really, really, really cool. And everything's pastel and pretty. And I love the color scheme. And I got to hear on um, the story with um, Miami Vice, um, the TV show, and how Versace was hired as a color consultant for the TV show to like pair like the color scheme of the show with um, the neighborhood of Miami. And I was thinking, huh. If the music business doesn't ever work out for me, I need to become a color consultant. That sounds like a good game. <laughs> like, I, I want to get paid gobs of money to go blue. Yeah. <laughs> go with blue. <laughs> See, this is why I love talking to tourists who are in Miami, because I learn stuff about this city that I never knew. I've lived here my whole life, and everything you just said about Versace and you know Miami Vice had no idea. I mean, it's it's also one of those things where, like, when you live in Miami, you never go to the beach unless somebody comes to visit and wants to go to the beach. And I mean, you are close to like the actual beach. Beach. Have you checked that out yet? I have. I have. There's um, lots of neon, and <laughs> I'm trying to think just, and not embarrass myself on air with um, the cute boys were there. But um, that's another story. There, there are, are, are many acute people, uh, on, on especially that particular part of the beach where you are near that hotel. It's, but you know, since you were in South Beach, I almost feel bad that I brought you here. Because when people think Miami, they think of where you were, not where this studio is, which is in Kendall, which is like the boring, nothing-going-on suburb of where you were and you actually had a kind of a travel adventure getting from cool Miami to where you are now, which is uncool Miami. Um, sort of an, an Uber disaster. Yeah. So it started with this morning where Ryan and I were going back and forth and Ryan was like, Oh, would you like me to get to call an Uber for you? I was like, no, I, I've got it. I've figured it out because I went for dinner with a friend of mine who was also in the music industry last night. Um, so I, I look at it and it's like $30 us. So that's a lot more than Canadian for an Uber by myself, but it was 22 for an Uber pool. So I was like, well, I'm going to save pretty much $10. Collectively, everybody listening to this podcast just went, oh no, (laughs) when you said Uber pool. Yeah. Um, Cue an hour of roaming up and down the highways. (laughs) We ended up at the airport at some point, the Miami International Airport um, Mm. for someone who didn't show up. Oh no. um, My driver didn't. Only spoke Spanish, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I know, the official I know, language of Uber here in Miami, yeah. I, I speak zero Spanish, so I couldn't ask him, where am I? Am I lost? I'm, you know, I, because I'm international, I don't have any cell reception or data. So I couldn't even reach Ryan to be like, I'm, I think I'm going to be late. <laughs> and I don't know where I am. So that was... I'm in the Everglades, Ryan. <laughs> I see an alligator. Oh my god! I'm on a, some highway, and it's been an hour. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh my god! Well, but I Ryan mean, and Molly greeted me like right in the front lawn, so I knew I found the right place. I did. I, I was like, after what she's because I, I was getting like these increasingly panicked emails from you during those brief moments where I guess you had something resembling internet access. Yeah, at the airport. Yeah, exactly. And and all and like they were just like and, and like with each you know it was like ETA 
7.45, ETA 8.15. I'm like, oh God, she must be really stressed out. Let, let me go out there with Molly. And so she'll at least see like Molly's happy face when she gets to this destination. But on behalf of everyone listening to the Break the Business podcast, thank you for hanging in there so that we could benefit from your insight this Worth evening. Worth it. Oh, bless your heart. So you were saying that you uh, you had some cool insights that you wanted to share about hacking music conferences, how our indie artist listeners can really do great things at these conferences, make a lot of connections, and ultimately move their careers forward. I would love for us to talk about that. I love that topic of discussion. Oh, yay. Okay. So I have, I think this year I have officially become a music conference addict, junkie, I don't know. Is there a nicer way to put that? That's an but expensive habit. I, I, I realize <laughs> the best habits are. I, was, like, <laughs> I mean, because you could have saved a lot of money, which is good old-fashioned heroin. Like, I mean, music <laughs> conferences are very are very addictive, very expensive, and probably debilitating. But but I have um, hacks for saving money at them. Well, so, well that's very excellent. Well, then so you're definitely the person to talk to. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've been going hardcore with, um, the ones I've been attending. So, for example, this month, February, I did Megaphono in Ottawa and then Folk Alliance International in Montreal back to back. Nice. Um, I'm in Miami straight after, so thank goodness I get to relax for a little bit. Um, <laughs> anyways, but in preparation for that, I was asking questions to various industry professionals, doing a ton of research, and asking for advice, for tips, um, come taking that compiled with a lot of lessons I learned over the years, I um, just finally came up with with a, a bunch of hacks and a bunch of tips I learned, fun stories from um, the trenches, yeah, if you will. Stuff you picked up, you know, sort of the hard way, just going to these conferences and learning the best way to make the most you of know, them. You know, do's and don'ts, and I thought I could bring them here to the listeners of the Break the Business podcast. So, so appreciated. I mean, because like, obviously like a, you know, great nuggets like these, like you could have used them for your own podcast, but you brought them here. I can't tell you how grateful we are. This is tremendous. And um, we're always encouraging artists to go to conferences around here. And, and for many artists, they will often say that, you know, money can be an issue and, you know, trying to arrange travel and everything. But if you know, artists can find a way to really get the most out of every dollar and really make the most of these conferences, that's going to be great advice. And of course, there are a increasing proliferation of online music conferences where you can you know, get a lot of the connections and learn a lot of the information without having to leave your couch. And I don't think those are necessarily a substitute for actually going to the conference, but it's just nice to have those other options out there, right? No, they're, they're, I really like those for the information mm-hmm. factor. Um Definitely the networking isn't the same. No question. I mean, when I did Folk Alliance two weeks ago, what I found was I only attended maybe two panels, but the rest of the time I was hardcore networking and hard the whole time. And I, and that was the most productive conference I've ever been to yet. I, you know, I learned the most, I met the most people I did, got the most accomplished and I went to only two panels which I thought was very interesting and very different than any other conference I'd ever been to where I was, you know, panel after panel after panel after panel after, oh no, there's two at the same time I can't make. What do I do? Well, that's it. So how is your natural networking ability? Because there are some people that are like super social butterflies. They can walk into a room, do all the schmoozing. And then you have like the people like me who are super wallflowery and just like find, try to find like the corner and just spend the whole night like networking with the potted plant. And, you know, or like the hat rack that's there or something. 
But like, so like, wh- where do you kind of fall on that spectrum? I am definitely becoming more of a social butterfly. The older I get, older, I'm only 22, but the oh, more goodness. confident I become in my own abilities and finding out where I am. So that's definitely helpful. That's cool. Um, I find just giving someone a compliment goes a long way. And there's always, you know, there's always people who are nervous too. So if you're able to buddy up with one of them who's talking to the potted plant mm-hmm. and just, yeah. and they're going to be really relieved, you're going to be really relieved. And that comes in a lot of handy because then you can, you know, link arms metaphorically and go crush it together. <laughs> nice to meet you, Claire. This is my friend, the potted plant in the hat rack. <laughs> now we've all met three people at this conference. This is great. So, I mean, do you, do you have sort of some good networking tips among your list there? Um, I didn't explicitly talk about networking tips, but I can come up with a bunch on the top of my head. Well, I mean, it's, sure. like it's, it's um, super I would, important. Yeah. yeah, I would wear something um, with your name on it or your first initial if you can. So if we have people who are into jewelry, say necklaces with their name or initial on it, go for it. Lapple pins. That if you were at a conference where you, no one necessarily has those badges that they wear around. Mm-hmm. So this is more for the cocktail hour. If you can get something with your name on it, your first name, your first initial, it's going to help a lot with people feeling less awkward talking to you because they can just look at your neck or look at your, your um, lapple, your blazer, yeah. and then bam, they feel a lot more confident because they have a better inkling of who you are. And if it's a cool piece of jewelry, you almost have a conversation starter there. And a conversation starter. That's also yeah. an opportunity. Have a cool story or have a cool like zinger about something that's a very conversation starter. So for example, for me, uh, my brand colors are turquoise and sparkly gold. My business cards are sparkly gold and I, have, and I wear these um, sparkly gold sneakers that match to all my conferences. Wow. You know, so people compliment my shoes and I'm like, thanks, they match my business cards. Want to see? <laughs> nice. That's excellent. <laughs> Smooth like butter. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's, a, that's a pretty solid icebreaker. I have to start wearing my sparkly gold shoes to conferences now. Or just now. something that's, you know, because that people are going to notice. Yeah. I mean, I, I um, there's an artist I've worked with over last fall and he um, does Chinese Greek fusion music. His name is Chairman George. And one of the things that he's done as a highlight of his career is he held he carried the Olympic torch at both the Beijing Olympics and the Vancouver Olympics. Oh. Um, so he was wandering around the hotel um, party with like the Beijing torch. Um, <laughs> talk wow. about I, I, I can only aspire to um, reach that level of extra in my life. <laughs> but, so it sounds like there's something to be said for if you're at one of these cocktail parties, particularly if it's like a music industry conference where everybody's already kind of a little quirky and creative. To have something that kind of makes you stick out a little bit yeah. so that people remember you throughout the conference. Yeah, give them an excuse to talk to you. Yeah. Some people, if they don't know you, they'll search for a reason to talk to you. Give them a reason to compliment. Oh, I love that. See, that, and, you know. And, I, and then that puts them immediately in a good mood. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm sort of torn between two worlds because, you know, in my career, I go to music industry conferences but I also go to a lot of legal conferences and I feel like the rules are very different at those conferences. Like at the music conference, it totally makes sense to, you know, to peacock a little bit and to, you know, kind of show, you know, do, you know, do something that's distinctive. That's going to make people remember you and want to talk to you. And then maybe three days later in the conference, they'd be like, Oh, that's, you know, Claire with the cool shoes. I'm going to go talk to her again. Whereas at a legal conference, if you do that, they'll just, you know, throw you out. (laughs) How about funky socks? Oh, you know, those are starting to get kind of cooler in the professions. Yes. Like you see the, 
they're digging like, you know, the, you know, the, you know, you wear like the regular conservative suit, but oh, look, I have, you know, orange and pink socks. I'm so wild and interesting. And, and like, <laughs> my socks are as great as my personality. That's, I mean, and for, you know, that's about as much rebelliousness as the legal profession allows is, you know, they'll give you the crazy socks and then you get to be like the cool, quirky guy. Whereas at the music conference, you wear crazy socks. That's just the baseline. Like, that's everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not special for wearing court That's right. But <laughs> if you're holding the Olympic torch. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, yeah. I found one thing to for um, networking tips, especially, um, this, is a, this is a little segue into it, so I've got to give a little bit of a roundabout. But I found a lot of conferences, there's a lot of free handouts on um, the table. Mm-hmm. Tables. So whether it be come to my show, who I'm showcasing from artists or you know, book my studio or get 15% off my gear ordering company thing. You know, it's, they always are giving offers. They're always flyers. And I found the ones that are always the most popular are the ones that provide value, whether they be stickers or free things. So what I did one year, my second ever Canadian music week is I was like, well, I don't have the money at this point to print a bunch of stickers or give free stuff, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give information because I can do that. So I made this pamphlet and it was networking tips for shy people. Oh, wow. So it's like, because all the shy people are who are going to be like looking down at their shoes anyway. And they're going to like look at the tables because they don't feel comfortable talking to people. They're going to see this on like the coffee tables and be like, oh, that's me. Yeah. So I filled it with a bunch of like bullet point tips, you know, reassurance that everyone's here to connect anyway. Um, you know, a bunch of tips uh, like, my like email and my my website URL just in case you want to like find more of this cool kind of stuff and then at the back this is this is the kicker this is the best part is i gave candies oh so you know i had two lollipops and like i mentioned before my my um, brand colors are turquoise and gold so i had two turquoise lollipops so that i found for, per um pamphlet i found turquoise lollipops at party city you know any party supply store that has like candy of every color you know the cheap lollipops to there now i don't know if you've ever had a turquoise candy but um your tongue turns electric turquoise when you have them so guess who i could spot from around the <laughs> around the hotel lobby and be like oh so you found my pamphlet and bam conversation in entrance right there that's man that's great for so many reasons because the color i mean <laughs> maybe not intentional but <laughs> by the way that needs to be your new trademark now like whenever you make like a really awesome point you just go pop of color <laughs> I can't drop the mic. It's suspended. <laughs> um, but I like that for uh, m- many reasons. Because I mean, yeah. In addition to you're giving these, you know, people, you know, good advice when they need it the most. But I think it also gives people something to read during the networking event. If it's like, oh, I don't, I'm not ready to talk to somebody yet. But oh, look, I have something to read now. So it looks like that's what I'm doing. Like, oh, uh, that's the reason why I'm not approaching people. I'm reading this pamphlet. So you're all you're kind of giving them a way out for a little bit too, which is cool. But that's a really neat idea. That's th- tremendous. I love that. Yeah. Another tip I'll give for helping shy people, which I find is my best way in when I, I or not re- like in a strategy kind of way, but more in a way of let me try to be helpful and let me be encouraging um, is find the bathrooms early on. Because usually these conferences are held at big hotels, Mm -hmm. and sometimes there's a hidden bathroom or something that's going to be quieter, and shy people who tend to be introverts want to have some peace and quiet, 
So find it early on and be able to tell people, tell other shy people, I found it like a hidden place. So whether it be a, ba- a bathroom or a hidden lounge or someplace that doesn't necessarily have the whole beaten path uh, find like through find it. like the quiet area where the introverts are eventually going to congregate. Yeah, and show it to them. And show it to them. Bam, you're being helpful. That is cool, man. You're giving the good stuff away. You know, pop of color right there. That was another good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking of something real quick about the um, you know wearing something distinctive mm-hmm. uh, when you go into a conference, and it just reminds me of when I was at the NAM conference. This would have been like three or four years ago. Um, I saw perhaps what was the best example of wearing something that was a conversation starter. There was a band that actually interviewed them on the podcast. There was a band there called IDSFA. And if you're probably wondering what IDSFA stand for, stands for, it literally stands for, it doesn't stand for anything. So that's <laughs> like, so IDSFA is, and I feel like I'm going to be like, you know, this might be like, you know, a little old of a reference. Do you ever, you ever heard of a band called Guar? Nope. Okay. So, like, Guar was this heavy metal band from, like, the 70s and 80s that every band member wore just these giant monster costumes. Like, full-on monster. Like, do you have the the show The Masked Singer in Canada? I don't have a TV, so I can't tell you, but... Of course, because that's... um, Because I'm a millennial. Because you're so cool millennial that way. Anyway, so, like, imagine, like, a scary metal band that's wearing, like, full-on monster costumes, and that's how they perform. That's kind of what IDSFA is. I mean, they don't wear monster costumes, but imagine these like guys that look like they're straight out of Mad Max, like, you know, spikes on their shoulders and like scary gas masks and everything. And they walked into this conference, you know, and the NAM conference, it's music merchandisers. So it's not going to be as creative as like some other music conferences are. There's going to be some straight laced corporate types there, but you know, it was still a little fun, but these guys walked in in like full crazy gear. And did the whole conference that way and like walked around and they were in character the whole time too. So they talk like monsters <laughs> and, every, and stayed in character the whole time. And they got so much, you know, so many connections from it. Like everyone wanted to get pictures with them. Everybody wanted their business card. I got them on my podcast. Like the first thing I did was I, I came up to them like, all right, I need you guys on my podcast right now. And then uh, and, and, and I actually had a conversation negotiating when they would come in, but they did the entire thing in their monster voice. So it was, um, yeah, just guys, just come by the press room. What time? Uh, about you know, 7, 7.30. Uh, do you guys know where the press room is? Oh, we'll find it. <laughs> and, you know, like, it, it was just amazing. And so for anybody, like, it, it was an early episode, like maybe like episode 38 of the podcast or whatever, but go listen to me interviewing IDSFA. But the point is, like, they got that podcast interview and a whole bunch of other opportunities because they fully committed to we're going to be distinctive at this conference. So it reminded me of what you were talking about there. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of artists who definitely fit the performer entertainer mold where they're comfortable going all out like that. Think even like early Lady Gaga, you know, full costumes. Mm. But a lot of artists also don't feel comfortable feeling like a parody of themselves or like they're putting on an act and they just want to be you know who they naturally are but that's becomes hard to stand out at conferences and at big events when there's a bunch of them sure especially if it's all one genre so i'm thinking folk alliance in montreal it's all folk musicians and well i feel like those monster costumes would have played well at the folk alliance i could see that working out just those big scary monsters playing mandolins (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, they could hold a guitar and it look like a mandolin. And come that's, that's accurate. <laughs> like, I like just these guys were like. I'm gonna show you a picture after the podcast, but like yeah, it was nightmare fuel. What these guys looked like, it was absolutely. You wild. need to reshare it online too. Oh, I, I will. I will. I'm gonna make sure we get some pictures out of them. But the the quick tip I wanted to give with yeah. um figuring that out is you take your style and you think of the extreme version of it. So if you want to be, if you're someone who dresses tough, but you don't want to be edgy for the sake of it, you have the but not in between. So tough but not edgy just for the sake of it. You know, so then because you have the but not and you know the extreme, every time you feel like you're veering too much towards the extreme, you can scale it back so that you keep being authentically you and feeling comfortable. Because at the end of the day, you can dress as fancy and as out there as you want. But if you feel so insecure that you can't commit to this or it makes you uncomfortable and not your best self, it's not the right choice. Certainly not. So like, let's say my persona is I'm the tough person. You know, I'm I'm the bad boy, the bad girl. Like what? But I don't want to like, you know dress like a monster <laughs> um, or, you know, or, or look like Olivia Newton, John in the last scene of Greece. And I might be dating you again with these references. <laughs> I, I've seen Greece. Okay, good. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm talking to a musician here. Um, <laughs> like what, 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 what might be the outfit for that person? I mean, it depends on them, but classic James Dean, can they do anything with that? Oh, yeah. Leather I jacket, mean, white shirt. I mean, uh, you want to do a leather jacket in a different color? Oh, than black or brown? I dig. That could work. I like Red that. Red leather jacket? I like that, yeah. I mean, I have an orange leather jacket. It's awesome. <laughs> um, of course, you pop a color, yeah. Of course, I, naturally. It, it goes well with my gold shoes. Speaking of shoes, wear comfortable shoes. That, oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. Please wear comfortable shoes. That is a very, very uh, um, important tip. I know that that's definitely one that I think will certainly appeal more to the ladies, but I'll, I'll tell you, I've had some you know, you know, blistery moments where this like, is not the time to bust out those new brand new yeah. fancy, no, tr- tried and true over something you're worried you're going to fall in, get blisters in, cannot stand all day in. I, I've even found that I think the first conference I did, I've got, I made that mistake, brand new dress shoes and just ruined my feet. And then after that, even like when I was presenting at a conference, I found that like the, you know, the suit with sneakers look for the dudes plays well at these conferences like you look you, you, you can make it work and it's much more comfortable if it's the right pair of sneakers like don't wear like really ratty sneakers but you know good ones and confidence you can, is the best outfit anyway i like that very very true um, all right all right so i want to give some more tactical tips so let's talk about traveling and and just the general like logistics of it so first see if you can travel with someone so if you so for example, I can't drive, but if I was, so one of the things I did to look around with, um, with the conference in Montreal is asking my friends who are also going there, Hey, do you want to, could we split gas in exchange for me taking up one spot and a suitcase spot in your car? Mm-hmm. You know, so that was an example of something I asked around for. I ended up taking the train because a plan fell through, but that is one option trading. So whether if it's not money or gas, you buying food or if you are on the business side as opposed to an, an artist offering to do something for the band of the equivalent of what you would charge for that. Sure. So that's a great way you can trade it just in case to be able to save money so you don't have to fly or take the train if that's not or be in a greyhound with strangers if that's not that makes sense. I mean, it cuts down, Ideal. it cuts down your travel expense, which, you know, for these conferences can be a big 
chunk of the budget. Yep. But, Get early bird tickets too. Oh yeah, that's Sorry, that's you good. Were saying? Yeah, I was saying like you and and you sort of I mean you kind of come with a built-in network. You know, now you're not showing up alone. You at least have like three or four people that you you mm-hmm. start with. You know, you're you're rolling in you know four deep when you start the conference. It helps you know subsequent networking. That's uh, I dig that a lot. Yeah, early bird tickets. Early bird. Yes. Do that. Do that. There. You can save so much money if you buy the ticket in advance. And plus, I think it, it it really helps you commit to the conference. Like if you if you wait till the end, it's easy just to go you know be like, ah, eh, it's too expensive now. I'm just gonna blow it off. Whereas if you you get that early bird ticket six months in advance, now it's in your calendar and it's harder for you to you know give up yeah. on the conference. Early bird Airbnb bookings too, because once you book your ticket early, then you know it, then you've got it confirmed, so then you can book your Airbnb early. I so like that's that. smart, yeah. and that's always great because then you can get the great places before they're booked up um alter al- don't stay in the hotel if you can't afford it um <laughs> lots of these places are like 500 bucks a night and yeah. it's like how about no <laughs> so um see if any other musicians need are willing to like do a bunch of beds in the pullout couch because no one's oh, yeah. the thing with the hotels especially the conferences that all take place in the hotels is no one is there to spend time in their hotel room they need a place to crash and a place to freshen up and that's it they're going to be at the conference doing the panels. They're going to be networking. They're going to be going to the concerts and they're going to be eating and networking with the big shots. They're not there to spend lots of time in the room. They just need somewhere to stuff their suitcase and, you know, be able to use a shower. So you're not really going to be intruding on people's space if you if you ask. Right. If all this fails. So that is one option. And again, more networking because you're more networking. You know, actually being around musicians yeah. as opposed to being cooped up in your room. Yeah, go ahead, reach out and ask for people who are going. Lots of these conferences I found have started opening Facebook groups. So once you buy your ticket, you're you're invited to the private Facebook group for all the other attendees. So then you can like be like, "Hey, is anyone looking for one more roommate?" Oh right, yeah, and 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 sometimes a lot of these conferences have sort of forums that you can you know talk to people you know about the conference right then and there. And of course, you know, Facebook and Twitter and things like that is uh, obviously a great way to find some of those. Let me ask you, Clark, I'm, I'm digging this advice. There's so much good stuff here. Um, do you have enough in there that we could get two episodes out of this? I, I'm seeing some nodding from across the room. That's tremendous. So we're going to do that because I'm all for getting two weeks worth of content out of this. All right. Woo. If you're listening, uh, tune in next week. <laughs> uh, cause Woo-hoo. we're going to, we're going to have, uh, Clara Sharon back to, uh, give us some more fantastic insight figure out how to hack these music conferences. Thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast. We'll see you next week.